Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This week in League, Darius Fluffy Boyd prepares to make room on Wayne's teats for the imminent arrival of Bo Scott. Tim Moulton tells the Dragons he's definitely not going to score a hat-trick on Friday night. Andrew Voss makes way for the host of this show to take our rightful place amongst the Rugby League commentary elite. And we'll recap all the action for round two of NRL season 2012. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 78 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, what happened this last weekend? Something of great consequence happened last weekend. Yes. That I'd like to bring your attention to. Okay. There was a bet. I don't remember anything about a bet. A bet was made. Better refresh my memory. A bet was laid, a bet was made, a bet uh, had, had its outcome determined. Yes. And the winner was me. It was. Thank Fuck. Because you didn't want to have to put your fucking hand in your pocket. Yeah, there's that, and I just don't fucking like losing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, now... Well, let's have a bet about who likes losing less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. guarantee I'll win that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I've taken a 2-1 lead over the over the course of history of the show. Yeah, I believe it congratulations is. congratulations on your win, mate. It was, uh, it was uh, what a fucking second half. I-, I loved how you thought that that game in round two of the regular season... Was going to be a danger game. Was more stressful... Than yeah. the grand final. It was. It, it really was. I mean, it, seriously. Is I it just losing or is it just losing to me? Yeah, it's probably both. Okay. A bit of both. But um, yeah, I honestly. You might have heard about it. That's all. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, won. And that's the thing. And for the entire fucking season, like it just would just, it wouldn't end. It'd just keep coming up and coming up and coming up. So it's good to get that one. And is, do we play again later in the season or that's it? I believe we do. We do play again? Okay. I had a feeling that maybe we only played the one time, and that was that. Until right. until I really should brush up on until this. the finals, you know, if if you guys can get there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, so if go. it does turn out to be the only time we play each other in the regular season, fucking deep breath, yeah, breathe out, and I don't have to worry about shit for the rest of the year. It's fantastic. And I must admit, walking up the stairs after the um, obviously I went to the Broncos game. I was walking up. The stairs and just happened to uh, pass uh, a good friend of the show, Sam. Oh, of course. Who wore his sexy aubergine pants. He was always just a, for me, he said. Always in the eggplant pants, always. Oh, tell you what, he's the ass of a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> um, and he did uh, offer his commiserations on the fact that I did lose. <laughs> That's good he was keeping an eye on it. Then. And he said, oh, but you know, you, you won the last one. And I was like, well, I, I did, I'll win that. And you got the membership. Yeah. I'll give you that, which we need to run through, actually. Yeah, we'll actually want to yeah, run through everything that I've got. The, like, They're supposed to send me a cooler bag, incidentally. The only real that? way that that could have the same sort of consequences, this sort of victory, is if you had have eaten that burger, clogged an artery, and had a heart attack. Yeah, probably. And close to dying, well, if not I dying. Fig- I, figure that, I figure that the last two bets have actually been very similar, I think, in the stakes. Same sort of thing. It's just it's buying, it's, you know, it's buying merch, buying merch, essentially. 
Oh, right. The last, the first one. You never top the first one, though. No, never. And it's hilarity never. slash humiliation. Never. We probably should break that one out again for next time. Just for time. Yeah. I'd love to show you. Just in case you can, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just, just in case you, just in case you can get it up and uh, and paint my face into like some kind of crappy preschool tiger. Tiger with whiskers and shit. <laughs> yeah, like a tiger that'd be smacked in the face yes. with a shovel. So anyway, congratulations on your win. A glorious win, uh, full of full of uh, glorious, glorious glory. glory. <laughs> <laughs> He's so freaking predictable, man. I might as well just do this show on my own. And I honestly, I, 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 from now on, I'm going to be I'm going to be putting a heart rate monitor on because I swear I I wasn't ready to go to bed until about midnight. I was still because sort of coming down, and like the last like couple of minutes, I was like, I had I was on the phone to someone as well, and I was like watching the stream on my computer because it wasn't yeah you know, it was the second game on TV in Brisbane, and I was just like fucking. Then when it finally happened, I was just like, <laughs> well, I went to the Caxton after the Broncos game. And just so happened that little area that we were in is actually like the TAB during normal times yep. where they clear it out when everyone's getting their groove on. And I was busting a few moves and uh, having a few drinks and uh, generally tearing up the dance floor as I do. And uh, just the Tigers Manly game just happened to be on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to watch it. And then I caught some of it and there's a couple of things that didn't even have any, no commentary, no nothing. Yeah. And there was one kick that just went dead and I, was, I blew up. And my mate came over and put his arm around me and said, they lost that game too, mate. <laughs> uh, I, thought, so, I thought you would have been looking at the moment when, um, when, when T-Rex basically stomped the mud hole in Farrah's vagina. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. I'm anyway. sure we'll cover that later. <laughs> we will. Um, now, did you, did, did you tell me to remind you, I had, uh, there was a Jackson, epic Jackson story that had to be told? Yes. Should I tell it now or should I tell it in the recap? Let's do it now, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, because I was going to the game and um, I didn't get Jackson's tips on Friday. Generally, I try and do them on the Thursday night. To go into the tipping, your tipping yeah, competition. Yeah, yep. so I mean, we were running through him and he picks his teams. But I thought I'll just do his Friday tips from work because I know what he's going to pick. He's going to pick the Broncos and he'll pick yep. the Tigers, right? That's how he rolls. And um, so I've put his tips in. And then on the Saturday, I've called him over to the computer because he had to do the rest of his tips. And he's like, yep. he got through them and he said, but what about the Broncos, Dad? I haven't picked the, I haven't picked the Broncos. I yep. said, well, the Broncos played. I did your tips yesterday for the Broncos game because they played last night, mate. And yep. unfortunately, you know, they lost. He said, the Broncos lost? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dad, that's ridiculous. <laughs> You're dead wrong. <laughs> Oh. This whole Lockie not playing thing is going to be—it's going to be quite hard. The ramifications for me, haven't quite—the <laughs> ramifications haven't quite landed. If he hasn't come to terms with the fact that the Broncos are going to lose a bunch of games this year, um, I tell you, I'm going to have one very disappointed four-year-old. Well, let me tell you, I don't remember. I mean, Lockie wasn't renowned for his, his scrum defence, though. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> First story, Vossi. He's been dropped from the first grade lineup of Channel Nine rugby league commentators. He's been dumped from by Channel Nine, the uh, network dropping him from the Friday night footy call and the Sunday roast to cover the Queensland Cup. Uh, MG said to see the roast without Andrew Voss, it just isn't the same. 
He continued on, a lot of people don't like him. He just rubs people up the wrong way, but he loves his footy. It's his baby. With no official statement forthcoming from Channel 9, footy fans alike can only wonder about Vossi's absence. Uh, speculation arose after Ray Hadley was the second caller behind Rabs for the Cowboys versus Broncos Friday night football game. The rumour mill then went to overdrive when Vossi failed to appear on the Sunday roast and his popular segment on the Thursday night show, Stuff You Might Have Missed, uh, was been given to Daryl Broman. Instead, he was in Wynnum preparing to call the Round 1 Queensland Cup game. On Twitter, he explained his absence as, Thanks for the support, everyone. I'm just a footy fan who has had the best job in the world. The roast was huge fun for the last six years. <laughs> What's going on Gone. And I further that, I actually saw a tweet from Gus as well, who said, someone asked about where was Vossi, where was Vossi or whatever, and Gus was pretty much, you know, the roast, that's it, done. Because you know how they kind of, the Sunday show now, it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, like merged, yeah, sort of merged rush, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no good. Gonski. Um, I like MG. Obviously, in true MG fashion, was fairly upfront. Said a lot of people yeah. don't like him, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, I never really had an issue with him. Um, yeah. It could be a little bit meh sometimes. And see, for me, I was kind of like, but oh, what I, commentator can't be like that at times, you know? Yeah, and I never, and I never liked him. But now he's gone, and Hadley's the the, well, that's the alternative. Like, the thing, the thing is, the fact that he's been dropped is one thing. To be replaced by Ray Hadley. Yeah, and Ray Hadley copped it on the over Twitter during the call of the game. You wouldn't have seen it because um, you were I actually... I heard about it. One of the boys at work was telling me uh, it was horrible. He was screwing everything up and... Well, it, was, it wasn't even screwing it up so much. It was just that he was um, he was calling it like he was on 2GB. Yeah. So he was calling it for people who couldn't see what was happening yeah. kind of thing. So he just didn't fucking shut up. Like, didn't you adjust. Know, and he was like over the top, you know, yeah. just let the action, I mean, you know, it's TV's visual medium, let the action speak for itself, mm-hmm. chip in with your shit, you know, call out who's passed the ball to what and, you know, and just sort of back off to it. Yeah, one of the boys mentioned that he's he's called out and here comes, you know, the centre three-quarter Hoffman for the Broncos, <laughs> etc. And like just little things like that. And he said it uh, much in the same vein as you're saying, when he's on the radio, you don't realise he's screwing it up. No. And it was there in front of your eyes, and, you and he's describing something that you can clearly see is and wrong. And it's, ja- and it's Jack Reed about to take the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes it, um, yeah, it, it only amplifies his, his fuck-ups a little bit more, I guess. But Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't mind Ray Hadley on the ra- radio, um, and at the same time, I didn't mind Vossi on yeah. the TV. Vossi's not a bad second, second caller. No, and I just, I don't know that, Vossi could go on the radio and do a great job. And no. at the same time, I, I don't think uh, Hadley's going to do as good a job as Vossi. I think Hadley will adjust. I think it's just, you know, his first time, he'll, he'll adjust. He's been by, doing it a long time, you would imagine. By around 10, he'll be yeah. he'll be right with TV again. You would imagine that he's um, he's, he's got the ability to, to adjust and and adapt to, to the TV medium and make a go of it. It's just, it's strange. Vossi seemed, like you say, you know, Thursday night footy show, he's involved in that. Yep. He was, you know... No shame in being the second caller behind the greatest caller in ever. Yeah. Um, hosted the roast, which was, yep. as far as I was aware, was a high rating show and one of the. Well, it's probably my favourite. Is my favourite non, you know, com- you know, not completely, you know, like just dry footy facts kind of no. shows. I mean, like Sunday footy show is probably the best. Yeah. But then the roast is probably more entertaining, and you know, it was definitely the the next best show I think on Channel Nine. And Shits I think a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah. You know and. So what's what's going on there? Don't know. 
probably I wonder just if he's probably been caught cash. up as, as, as you know if someone's approached him as far as one of the other networks that are bidding for yeah. the rights or it's like, whatever it's, and it's like got wind of it. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. We're speculating, it, of course. But it's like they're trying to they're, they're trying to cut costs, but you know for what purpose? I mean, like MG, he's he left and he's gone to Foxtel, mm. so he's they've saved whatever he was on, which would have been you know fairly significant. Gus will be scaled. He'll be scaled right back. He's not on, appearing on any of the Sunday programs now. Well, more like purely yeah. for time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so, not going to have time to run a club and... Yeah, so you yeah. think he'd be on less. I mean, like he's going to be calling one of the Friday night games or second call, you know, sort of the colour guy for a Friday night game. That's probably it for his commitment. Maybe Sunday Arvo too, pending Penrith commitment. Yeah, Vossi's gone. Vossi's gone. So, I mean, you can't say it was a budget cut thing unless they're really like cutting to the bone because that's like three three salaries they've pretty much reduced or, or completely eliminated. And by the amount of ads that they show during the second game, you would imagine their advertising budget's right up there. There's nothing worse than watching the second game on Friday night, you know. <laughs> you're much better off getting a fucking illegal stream on your, on your laptop while you watch the, the main game on the TV. Not that we advocate breaking the law, and we certainly don't do that ourselves. Yeah, Channel 9, you get what you deserve. Next story, Bo Scott going to leave the Dragons, head up to Newcastle. Dragons are imploding. Players and staff bewildered. Peter Doust has conceded that his club couldn't match the money Newcastle threw at Bo Scott because St. George Illawarra had other priorities. Massive backlash from fans against Wayne Bennett and the NRL in general. And, oh, my God, it's funny to hear him go on like some good sorts. But uh, Doust de- denied that he was filthy at his former coach for signing Dragons players. He did admit when it came to money and in terms of Scott's deal, the Dragons were blown off the park. We had an opportunity in negotiations with Bo Scott to secure a deal if we'd been competitive. In dollars and terms, I don't necessarily know the details, but we weren't competitive. It's understood that Scott's management made the approach to Newcastle because Scott wasn't happy with the deal that the Dragons offered him. Newcastle insiders said Bennett nearly fell off his chair and that's the chair obviously we mentioned where you know Fluffy sits on one of the, the arms I imagine it's more like a throne yeah yeah exactly or a big like massive control room kind of control centre chair like you know uh, you know the bridge of the Starship Enterprise or something like that you know maybe I get uh, where you're coming from yep yep uh, and the end result was Bennett made the marquee back rower Fluffy's little box in the corner yeah <laughs> Asked if Bennett ever made a promise to keep his hands off Dragons players. Dow said, oh no, I don't think he did. And I don't think you can expect a coach who's trying to be competitive as he can to give such assurances. It's a commercial arrangement. It's a business. I'm not disturbed by it. I'm, I'm disturbed for our club that we couldn't match the offer they'd made. So I'm clear and I'm sure Bo would have stayed if we had. So yeah, is Bo Scott worth that kind of money? I don't know. Well, well, their priorities were uh, you know, Trent Merrin, Brett Morris, Nathan Green and Cameron King. And Brett Short. But I hear that Cameron King is probably... He's another one looking to head up to Newcastle too. Really? Yeah. Um, Brett Stewart, well, I mean, they came out last week and said they weren't interested in Brett Stewart because of concerns over his knees or something. But, you, I'll, you know, we can get onto that subject if you like. I'm, no, if- no, let's stick on Bo Scott for a moment. Okay. Um, not being able to compete with the offer is one thing. The fact that the offer was way over the top for Bo Scott. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's useful. I mean, he's useful in the centres. He's useful in the in in the back row. Oh wow, centre that can play in the back row. What but a unique commodity. In addition to that, he clearly has some sort of you know. I'm not going to say he's as good as Gallon, but he's got that kind of same presence. You know, uh, enforcer he's not even type on the same thing. planet as Paul Gallon. I'm not talking about. I'm talking like that enforcer type role that will definitely harden up the Newcastle side. He definitely brings something to the table. That's why they put him in Origin because he's not a flash. I mean. You put him in the centre, and yeah, he's, not, he he's, not, he's not attacking. He was horribly exposed at Origin. The yeah, whole he's ploy of him in the being this enforcer and, and this defensive um, master was exposed at Origin. Well, well yeah, I mean, that, this is the thing because he's not. He, I don't think I don't really rate him as a centre, and I don't know why they. I, I think sometimes they put him in the centre just to fucking find a place for him. You know, if it's a top, if it's like a pat, you know, like a 
like things like Origin that where it's, you know obviously they're selecting from a massive pool of forwards. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, I can understand New South Wales being desperate, staring down the barrel of seven straight years of painful, crushing defeat, but. But Jeez. Bennett's got his Bennett. You Bennett obviously Bennett would have to be desperate trying to sign. Bennett's got his favourites clearly. Fluffy, you know, no doubt about it. Um, Both Scott's one of those guys that must have privately impressed about, him. You talk about Fluffy being vanilla. Like, there's no more vanilla than he's like vanilla with vanilla syrup. It's like oh, it's it's like Bennett's just picking people after after himself. Unbelievable. Because I mean, like you know, Bennett's as vanilla as it gets too. Oh, I. Bennett, Bennett's reputation and credibility speaks for itself, uh, and I think it, it can be quite surly. It. He's tarnishing that's, that's it now. Not vanilla, his surliness isn't vanilla. In, in my opinion, sour, I mean, it's lemon. I mean, let's see, let's see who else he pulls out of the dragons. I mean, if he takes another one or two players, you just have to go. Well, you know, obviously he can't do it without. You know, he can't do it himself. He needs to. He, he basically needs to just uh, bring the entire club over, much like uh, another. I uh, see you next Tuesday that you know we know of. Over at the doggies, there trying yeah, to do the I same thing. Turn it around. I don't want to get off the Bo Scott subject because I don't think he's worth that kind of money. I don't think he's worth that kind of adulation. And I think there's a number of players that are capable of being given the opportunity that he's had in first grade. Um, I I think there's a number of players that are capable of being just as good for for less money at the Knights at currently. The- likely to be on the open market next year. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, as far as you know, who's well, available. I guess it depends what style of play you want to play. Like, if you're going to play him in, in the centres, that means that all your attacks, surprise, surprise, Wayne Bennett, all your attacks are going to be directed down the left-hand side to, to Manatahu's side of the field, right? Mm-hmm. And the other side of the field, you're going to try and direct the opposition's attack that way so it gets stuffed by the defence yeah. on that side. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, obviously he's not a big fan of Junior Sauer. Not at all. And there was rumours of that, that Sow was going to be moved out last season yeah. to make way for Bennett. So, obviously not a big fan of him. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it with Bo Scott. If the Tigers yeah. have forked out big big bucks for Bo Scott, and he was the Adam Blair of, of 2012 yeah, you'd be like you you'd be talking about like you wouldn't believe. No way. Not exactly. until he put on the jersey and he became you, a messiah. You would find much a, like Adam has. You would himself. find a way. You would find a way to fucking to, to completely wax and and buff his balls to a fucking <laughs> brilliant sheen. Not not before I've hugged them. <laughs> a brilliant sheen, you know, like Tim Sheen's. <laughs> of how appropriate. Yes. Speaking of appropriate with the Tigers, Tim Moulton, he's going to face the Dragons that he judiced this weekend. Yes. And Dean Young's added spice to the grudge match, slamming Tim Moulton for repeatedly ignoring the phone calls of Dragons coach Steve Price during the contact contract dispute between the clubs over his future. Dean Young's just jealous that Tim Moulton is still relevant. He went two and a half months without answering his phone when Pricey was trying to call him, Young told the Sydney Morning Herald. I'm not disappointed that he's not at our club. I'm not disappointed at him wanting to stay at the Tigers. I'm just disappointed how he handled the situation and how he didn't have the decency to pick up the phone. Unwanted at Concord, Maltzen signed a three-year contract with the Dragons midway through last season, but months later, the Tigers controversially refused to grant him a release. The NRL salary cap auditor Ian Schubert was called in to referee a bitter spat between the two clubs before the Dragons effectively conceded defeat and decided not to make Maltzen commit to his agreement with them. I say to the Dragons and their fan base, I say bring it on. I say you give Tim Maltzen as much as you want. And I say to the Tigers, whatever they give Tim Maltzen, you give to Jamie Soward. 
He'll be hanging from Tigers his, win. I reckon Molten will be hanging from the hanging from the fucking hanging from his locker by the end of this match. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may even do it at half time. Please. Only if he's like throwing streamers about after victory and t- gets tangled up in them. I mean you see on Twitter, I mean he's not a massive fan of the stuff the attention he's getting from Dragons fans. I think he I think they can get to him. I think they can reach him. He's a young guy. I don't think he's cool. I don't, I don't yeah. think he'd be overly proud of how he, he himself handed the situation. Well, no, because he killed him, honestly. Well, there's no secret in that, Nathan. And I don't, <laughs> I don't condone how that all went down. I'm not. I, I didn't enjoy it. Second the, biggest, the second biggest, second biggest job in in the 2011 off season. Mm. Well, there was other, only two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, what a small field. <laughs> And he came second. My point point stands. You didn't tell me to identify a third. (laughs) I I think he's got it it in him to have a big game on Friday night and the Tigers will need him to do that. But, I mean, really, the Dragons aren't the Dragons of old, so they can talk it up. I I just think the only people that don't realise that are the Dragons players themselves. And I think they'll talk it up as much as they want. And, oh, well, like... Your biggest enforcer doesn't even want to hang around you anymore, and and the biggest messiah to your club didn't want to hang around you, which has uh, totally shattered the psyche of your fragile little five eight. So, bring them yeah. on. And they're not going to be around for another thirty one years. None of those guys. Bring them on. <laughs> or thirty. Best player yeah. of the last three seasons no longer plays there. You got nothing, Dragons. <laughs> and still on the Tigers, in the running for Sonny Bill, with Gaddeth heading oh. back to England. The West Tigers have made an approach to Sonny Bill Williams. Tell you what, I hope I don't have to stand up and hurry. I'll tip the table out. Exactly. Now his ma- his agent, Coda Nasser, was approached by a Tigers football he's manager. He's unaccredited agent, I might add. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and, well, you know, let's not, let's not cast aspersions on his abilities at his job, but, you know, let's just say there's better agents out there. Um, uh, let's just say that Sonny Bill's made a truckload of money. Mm-hmm. But you, um, he's been doing it in sports where... You know, the money's a little bit more free, you know, freely available too, you know. I think he made like, a fair bit out of rugby league, mate. He would have gone okay, but I mean, you know, he didn't deserve a cent of that because, I mean, once again, we're speaking to people cutting clubs. Hello, he's Sonny Bill. I'm going to delete these out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Stop bringing attention to hey, the You know man. how we're talking about William Zillman signing a five-year deal? Yes. Much like Sonny Bill did? Yes. There's a little part of me that wants William Zillman to walk out on his deal after a year, much like Sonny Bill did. Just so I can call him Sonny Will Zillman. Small things. Whatever gets you through your day. Whatever floats my boat. Whatever gets you through your harsh, harsh days of your life. <laughs> um, and now, where are we? Warren McDonald. Um, it's unclear whether it'll go further. Uh, he's widely tipped to join the Roosters uh, and tipped to be keen to join the Roosters, but no deal's been done. Um, he's obviously seen how the Roosters have played. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, you well, know what, last week. Uh, well, and what the Roosters have won. Um, oh, exactly the same many games as, as uh, the Tigers did. Except the Tigers win was over the Sharks. Oh, really? is, that's how we're going to go, is Yeah. It? That's, uh, a, that's how we're going to play? Fair, okay. Pretty much, pretty much. Cool. Um, so, his next step in football will be a big event, but when a deal is struck with his team, it will involve boxing. Well, Benji at Macca's sparring partner, custom made. Why not? Uh, those Adam who, Blair. <laughs> show him how to take on six blokes at once and win. Yeah. and uh, He uh, could... He, imagine Sonny... How... Sonny's record would skyrocket with Adam Blair in his corner. <laughs> Unbelievable. Six wins at a time. Every time he steps in the ring. Uh, and uh, Sonny Bill, I mean, let's face it, he's boxing. He's a novelty boxer anyway, so I'm not going to really uh, dignify his boxing career yet until he fights somebody. But um, 
I guess they'll, you know, if he wants to continue with the boxing, you know, a club's going to have to allow him to do it. And I don't think anyone really would, would they? Yeah. Someone will be desperate enough. Probably the Roosters. Maybe the Tigers. South there. Oh, Tigers, Tigers. Are near, Tigers have uh, got a glimpse of what life's going to be like without Gareth Ellis. <laughs> smacks of desperation. Yeah. And uh, Sonny Bill, he's no Gareth. He's definitely no Gareth. He <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it. That's great, Sonny. <laughs> nah, not the same. I'll have to talk in a Kiwi bro accent. We'll do it. It's great, Sonny. No. No, no. That was, that was very lost sh- it. That was very shit. I don't know what the oh, fuck I that can't was. Go from, I can't go from Palm to Kiwi. Just start off with, hey, bro. Hey, bro. That'll get you into the zone and continue. It's great, bro. <laughs> nah, it's over. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, it. the accents have gone, man. You've lost it. <laughs> fuck. They were never there. Now, last week, there was some we some criticism came through and saying, it's just like you read out the scorers, because that's exactly what we fucking did, because we made an executive decision that rather than go through a, a five-minute long ebb and flow of every single fucking thing that happened through the game, and then you drop some points on the end of it. People bitching about how long the show is. Exactly. We go, we just go through the scorers, go through, and then, uh, and then we both have a discussion about what happened through the game, right? rather than, you know, so we sort of cut about five minutes out of it while still, you know, getting our... Yeah, thoughts across. Why doesn't every member of Tool Nation let us know how they like it? Exactly, and that's Instead and that's of just why one wannabe Gronk coming out just thinking that he gets a free ride because he wears a Tigers jersey and calls himself <laughs> Benji. <laughs> exactly, and he just can say whatever the fuck he wants. Exactly. So uh, we put it out to you guys. I mean, you knew the format from last season, where it was quite a detailed summary of everything that happened through the game. Followed by, you know, Glenn would uh, throw a few points on there and then we'd, you know, talk about those points and, you know, each game would go for like 15 minutes and shows went for three hours. <laughs> yes. I need to listen to some season one stuff because it just seemed like the show, the length of the shows gained like an hour minimum Got per a episode. Full of ourselves last year, I think. Yeah, exactly. Oh, toned down a little. Exactly. Tighten shit up. Exactly. So that's the idea. So this was to tighten it up, but uh, obviously give us your, you know, Clearly, we're not we're not doing this show for for the, for the millions. We're doing it for you know for you guys, That's not, right. for, not for the bucks. So, you tell us how you want us to handle the reviews, and we will take and it. And apparently, on board. we don't appreciate our listeners, according to the same person. Exactly that said it just sounds like you're reading out the scorers. I tell you, I mean, it's, he's got a lot to say. He was clearly plugged up. That you know, it was his time of the month. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we just caught it. We just, we just caught we just caught the pre the the. the uh, Pre-martial, <laughs> martial. T- <laughs> and I, I can Engine. guarantee be sitting here smiling, going, "Oh, I got them to talk about me again. I yeah. love when they talk about me." Yeah, but uh, let's end it right I'll now because I don't want to talk about him so long that he can finish what he's doing right now as he's listening to it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first game, match of the round, match of the season thus far, sensational play, and not just because of the result. It really was a fucking close close game and played at a ridiculous pace that generally only starts to emerge you know at the business end of the season mighty manly seagulls 22 
defeated the West Tigers 18. And in the interest of appeasing our uh, fans who want the show to be shorter, that's all we shall be saying about this game. <laughs> Playing in front of a uh, disappointing for the, the Blue Tongue games, um, just uh, 17,500 fans generally um in fact, I read today, the first time I'd seen it, that the previous two games were both identical crowds. It, okay. was, like, it was like a random number, so it was like 20,056 or something like that. Um, so Still, 17,000 is fairly good. Yeah. Being a 20,000-seat stadium. Yeah, 3,000 less. Um, which oh, just, thanks. Which really? Just, which just shows... Just that in the, case I didn't have my abacus with me. Which just shows that the, uh, the, the fans... I went to Campbelltown, all right. The fans at Gosford, uh, they don't appreciate quality rugby league. They don't deserve their own team. Um, go Perth. Go second Brisbane side. <laughs> Go Wellington, Central Coast. I wasn't can suck expecting it. you to go there, but yeah, <laughs> the Bears can stay a rug for all I fucking care. All right, now <laughs> Manly scored some tries with Jason King, T Rex, Daly, Cherry Evans, Jamie Lyon got three of three from the conversions plus two penalties. Tigers also three tries. They had one to Joel Reddy, Adam Blair, and Bo Ryan. Benji was two of three. Who scored the second one? For the Tigers. The second try. No, no, the, the second one you mentioned was the, the second, first try. It was the first try with Adam Blair, yeah. Uh, it was Chris Marshall. It was Betty White's score. It was really his try. Was it? I mean, yeah, Blair was he just a guy. a perfect decoy. Well, yeah, it was Blair was Blair just happened to be the lucky guy that had the ball. What about in the fact, dummy through? What about he, the dummy through? The dummy through when he's already pretty much fucking over the line. Worth every cent of that, man. <laughs> Didn't get him the win, though, unfortunately. And Benji also got a penalty goal for their 18 points. So, um... As I said, great. I mean, great game. Both sides started strongly. Um, Tigers uh, had the edge in, uh, in the first half, uh, mostly through an avalanche of penalties. I mean, the referees were wearing their fucking orange jerseys again, Guantanamo <laughs> orange shirts, sponsored by the West Tigers. Clearly, um, it's it's abundantly clear this season it's why even referees, the rest fault when you win. It, oh, Unbelievable. I was I was absolutely furious with the refereeing performance in this game overall. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, that's only happened five hundred no, weeks in a row. It's no wonder that it's no wonder that the refs wear headsets. I mean, it's clearly so you know earpieces. So it's clearly so they can be directed when to start turning the tide or you know by Sheenzy. Yeah, yeah, exactly by Sheenzy or by the NRL in general. I think it's probably Gallup himself on the horn, but um. The Tigers did, Tigers did well to, to take an 8-2 lead in half-time, and Manly did well to actually hang on as well, because, I mean, the Tigers really had the opportunity where they probably could have scored another try, and when they were leading 6-0, uh, they went for a penalty to make it 8-0, where they really, if they had been serious, they should have gone for the... I mean, I was relieved when they were the penalty. I mean, they should have gone for the try, because at that point, they were, had a fairly good role on, and, you know, could have been and a different And I think story. That's, that's part of the issue. The Tigers... They want to be one of these grinding teams, and they feel yeah. that that's what's going to get them over the hump. And and you know we've had a couple of years of of finals fade outs because they they seem to in the regular season they want to become this grinding team. Yeah, and yeah. that's not them. And but they sure success, they are successful at it though. I mean, like you think of the game. I'm not saying they can't do it. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not their strongest suit. I mean, the games that they just lost against, you know, against the Roosters, you know, extra time one, yeah. then then following game they had there against the Dragons. I mean, they were leading in both of those games and comfortably. Why were they leading? Because they were playing their style of up tempo. I don't think so. I don't think the they actually were doing. They no, they were doing the grinding thing in those games. And then it's when the other teams. I think they just can't. They, they can only do it for sixty minutes. That's the problem. And that, and that's there was a story in this game. We got fifteen to twenty minutes of um, of Manly taking it to the Tigers, and and unfortunately, um, they scored twenty points in that time frame. And, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And that was that. Obviously, um, Gareth getting injured dented our chances quite dramatically. But I mean, yeah, it's it's disappointing. I just want to, you know. <laughs> 
it's hard for me to say, but you want to see the Tigers just continue to keep throwing the ball around and getting, you know, stretching the defence, getting it wide, getting yards that way, and um, rather than just. But that still killed them in this game too. Because, you know, chucking it over sideline, dropping it, you know, yeah. forward passing it, you know, whatever. I mean... Yeah. And that's the flip side of Margie, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we've lost plenty of games where we have ground teams and yeah. 15 minutes of play like that have killed yeah. us. So. I mean, and, you were for- and you were forced into it because you were behind at this, mm-hmm. at this stage. And so when... And the times when it didn't come off were when you were behind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you needed to come off. Um, but... It's good tries from Manly. Cherry Evans, that length of the field try, or, you know, probably 80-metre try, sensational. The, the dummy to get through the line, and then, fuck, he's set off. I mean, he's just like... He's, he's quicker he's than you give him credit for, eh? He's fast when he gets into open space. Because Benji, Benji's no slouch, and he he couldn't yeah. run down, so... And then you also he get... Turn, and you also, in, in Cherry's performance, you also get, like, he's where he tries to dance around and find an opening, and if he can't do it... He'll stick his head down and plow through and take two guys ten meters, you know, like he's a forward. I mean, he's not afraid to have a crack at the line. Yeah, exactly. Like so just like you know, trying to um, get through via strength rather than fancy footwork. Yeah, love the guy. He's sensational. I'm not Revelation sure. 2012 as well at this stage. Man, <laughs> man, the match in his first two games. Maybe I'm sure we'll fade out. Second year syndrome will take take its toll. Um, <laughs> pretty much myth, myth busted on that one. <laughs> If this is what losing Gareth was like, I think I'm going to have to move to England. Yeah. I'll probably fit in well over there. <laughs> Jeez, I can whinge. <laughs> and I'll be an instant celebrity because everyone will think I'm Pilko. Yeah, exactly. What you need to do is just basically just stay on the other side of the country to him and you, know, you can be, maybe you can set up Two a franchise. Two You can set up as a Two franchise. Two idiots abroad. Imagine that. I would get in Who touch. Your face? I'd get, get in touch with his, I'd get in touch with his management and just like, you know, you can just Start basically double. double. Yeah, exactly. You can just double the output of the show. You can do two. I mean, you could be filming in like, you know, in Vietnam at the same time as he's filming in like yeah, Morocco perfect, or something. I do a perfect accent. Well, yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, and the only other thing that I wanted to, to mention in this game was the sensation when T-Rex just fucking ploughed through, stomped a mud hole in Robbie Farah's vagina and just went straight over for the try. That shit was solid gold. It was. It was a carbon copy of the try he scored in the Four Nations last year versus England. Over, an, over another. Straight over the top of Heino. <laughs> He's no slouch in defence. Despite the miss, and, and unfortunately Robbie's got a few of those misses in his career, which has probably been part of the reason why he's no longer really been picked for origin since his first couple of performances where he Lost. had one of those tackles. <laughs> um, but the biggest reason he wasn't get, he stopped getting picked for origin is because Craig Bellamy had a major question mark over his defence. And I think um, whilst that, that sort of tackle goes nowhere to, to dispelling that theory. The guy still made 54 tackles. Yeah. I mean, you can't... He was clearly being targeted anyway. Duh. And, and, and the thing is, I mean, there's still a question mark over his, over his fitness, whether he's still carrying that he's you know, groin injury or whatever. He's only our best player. I mean, really. <laughs> and the, the thing the Tigers did do well is like on their right-hand side defence, Manly's left, left-hand side attack, they did race up and, um, and contain foreign fairly well, which probably, you know, threw more of the load on the Cherry Evans and shit, didn't he love it? Well, I guess the fact that Foran's learned everything he knew from Benji Marshall, Benji could obviously give Sheensy some tips as to how to how to combat him in you know in defence, which is you know it's only fair that Benji could do that. Yeah, Benji Benji couldn't organise any of that from the wing where he bludges. Master and the pr- master and the apprentice. <laughs> Clearly, Foran uh, didn't have what it took. But uh, in conclusion, thanks for the jersey, you fucking mighty seagulls. Look, congratulations, mate. They had a good win, and you know, despite Desi having taken half the staff with him, Tuvi obviously saved the grittiness from the. St- from the boot of the Datsun, and uh, it's still alive and well at Brookfield. Yeah, and they're looking, they're looking better with TV. I mean, he's obviously they're, bringing they're something extra to that. That's just retarded, but... He's looking sensational. 
Yeah. Hey, we didn't beat the Tigers last year with Desi at the helm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Next. Tuvi, 100% as an NRL coach. Des Hasler, 66%. The fucking statistics say it all. Tuvi is 34% better coach than Des Hasler. <laughs> Next game on Friday night, one where you were in attendance. The Brisbane Broncos were defeated by the North Queensland Cowboys, 28 points to 26, in front of a crowd, a fucking good crowd, 43,171. Awesome crowd. Yeah, and um, the Broncos, their tries came through. Jarrell, Yao Yi, Josh Ben Teo, Jared Beal. Parker, super coach legend, four out of four, plus one out of one on the penalty goals and getting injured and basically throwing everyone's super coach into disarray. <laughs> Versus the Cowboys, they had tries to Brent Tate, two to Matty Bowen, one to Dallas Johnson, James Siriaro, and conversions from Thurston were four of five. Broncos, I got a good look at the Broncos kids and there's a lot to like about them. And obviously last season they got a lot of good experience. We're stalking their kids. Sorry? He's going to be some kind of kidnap ransom situation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you get the feeling they, they've got the ability to blow some sides out just based on their enthusiasm. And, and when they get a roll on, they'll be hard to stop because they'll, they'll start throwing it around and yep. and um, they'll get their, their tails up and, and away they'll go. But on the flip side of that, they're also going to be susceptible to being blown out themselves. And I think we saw some evidence of that against the Cowboys where. When uh, the Cowboys started to get on a bit of a roll and they gained some ascendancy, some of the space through the ruck, through the middle of the ruck, yeah. and they just couldn't quite stop the bleeding. It immediately started with pain, getting angled runners back in and behind the ruck, and they were making you know really good yards there. So they really crammed the middle, and then the Cowboys were going sort of one and two passes wide of the ruck and jamming it back in, and they just you know made ground at will there as well. I think just their attitude in defence is probably, you know, they're all good defenders. Yeah. And I think defence is probably going to be, as the season wears on, it's going to prove to be one of their strengths. But just right at the moment, some of their, and maybe it's a lack of, of leadership, you know, with Lockie there. Yeah. And the communication. I know, there, I mean, yeah, I Lockie, know Lockie, yeah. like you say, Lockie wasn't probably the world's standout defender, but he, he also gave him a lot of confidence just by his presence on the field. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Defence is all about attitude, and when they get their heads down because you know something's gone wrong, or they've had points get scored against them, then that can affect their attitude in defence. Just because yep. they're young, um, but they're going to be a good side. The Broncos, I really feel. One day, <laughs> maybe round ten when Lockie comes back. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, for I, I thought the second, the, the first try that uh, that Matty Bowen scored forward pass. I, I mean. Yeah, so did most of the crowd. Yeah, looked look, look fairly fairly convincingly forward. It was one of those short balls where you know, it came from Thurston and uh, and Bowen materialised with it about a metre in front of where Thurston I, was. I think better sides in the competition. I think the Cowboys are going to be a good side. Again, as I said, as the season wears on, but right at the moment, they're probably not at the peak of their powers. And I think a better side could have exploited the Broncos and, that, and the scoreline wouldn't have been so close. Yeah. And I don't think they would have had to wait for a last-minute scrum miracle to yeah. gain a win. Although this game does t- does tell us, uh, I think it tells us a little bit about the Titans who we'll get to as well. I think it really was the Cowboys. They were really were that bad in round Well, that's one. the point I wanted to yeah. make about the next game. But, yeah. <laughs> um, young Tal Malolo, uh, um, young prop that yep. there's been a lot of noise, mate. Man, he's big. Yeah. Holy sweet Jesus. We had awesome, we got awesome seats for the year um, and... Your season, your season, your season ticket uh, for the Broncos. Season uh, ticket for the Broncos. You didn't yes. lose a bet. You didn't lose a bet or anything. 
No, no, it was a, uh, a gift from my wife so that I can go and watch footy with my mate, with my mates, and I make no apologies for it. Um, if my wife got me a season ticket to the Broncos, I'd drink a fucking carton of cruises and probably <laughs> play Proud Mary on. <laughs> but that's just the type of person you are. You've got that in your game, Nathan. No, I'm not a halfback. <laughs> you talk a lot of shit. You can make a good halfback. Gerard Beale is fast becoming public enemy number one in Brisbane. I mean. He dropped the ball to, to give the Cowboys a scrum that they ultimately won the game. Killed from. Lockie. And this is, you know, Killed first Lockie Lockie's last face year. and now yeah. this. I mean, <laughs> he I, um, ended, ended Lockie's NRL career. Yeah, I, one of my mates who I'm attending the games with this season um, is a huge Broncos fan and never really took a shining to Darius Boyd. In yeah. fact, you could say that he hated Darius. Okay. <laughs> Every time he touched the ball, and God forbid the kid made a mistake. How could you hate Vanilla? <laughs> he hated him with a passion. Anyway, um, as we were walking up the steps, he uh, he said to me, well, I'd like to welcome Gerard Beale to the Darius zone. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately for Beale, I mean, you've got guys like Gay Guy you know, who are itching to get yeah, the chance. Yeah, they do have so, some out, outside bats. Yeah, so he's gonna, and those sort of guys. Yeah, so he's going to have to watch himself, I think. I mean, because they do have a surplus of dudes out there who sure. have played some first grade, have done well in first grade. Yeah. And Beale did really well at times last season. Ended on the low note of killing Lockie, but um, yeah, not a good start to the season. Yeah, you, get, you could def- definitely feel the Broncos fans thinking this transition is going to be painful as far as the, the what the Broncos, the type of side that the Broncos are going to become now that the great Darren Lockyer has retired. Yep. And being the first home game of the season, you almost got the feeling that the, the Broncos fans, you know, when, when they found themselves in a bit of trouble that you could generally get a bit of a sense in the air that it's okay. It's okay, Lockyer will get us out of it. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, God, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, the transition is going to be quite painful for them. Um, another point that was raised to me at the game by one of the boys is, has anyone noticed how all the Broncos sleeve sponsors have gone broke over the years? It's a kiss of death. It, it is a kiss of death. They must be asking too much money from these companies, are they? Well, I don't think the, I don't think it's the, uh, the, the Broncos cash that's the, the shortfall in, you know, that's killing the companies. QLD group? Wow, yeah. sight and sound. Well, QL, yeah. And said Australia. Well, you know. Broncos. There were all additional. Killing things. Australian companies off. Power's bitter. Power's bitter, exactly. <laughs> they got a lot to answer for, man. They do, they do. AMI Clear. insurance is Clear, another one. Clearly a poor poor investment. Well, I mean, clearly you want to be throwing your money at the West Tigers. Pro, <laughs> Proton cars are still going, aren't they? Well, I mean, the company, yeah. I mean, the cars are pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, Saturday, Gold Coast Titans. Were defeated by the Canberra Raiders, twenty-four points to twelve, at Skilled Park. Crowd allegedly eleven thousand three hundred and seventy-eight, which probably means by the Titans' formula, it's probably about six, I'd say. And it looked every every man of six too. I mean, it looked freaking empty on, on on TV. I wasn't there in person, obviously, but um. But their first home game of the year was pretty disappointing. I mean, we went probably down to about five games last season down there, and I mean, the Test match was absolutely chockers. Mm. All Star game was pretty full. The Titans games we went to, well, we went to the Storm game, Parramatta game, and I went to the Manly game as I well. Went to the Tigers game. And you're, like, fairly empty other than New Way supporters base generally. Yep. And this seems to be pretty similar. Um, now, this game started off Canberra, all Canberra. I mean, by the 20th minute, they were up 12 points to nil. I didn't go through the score, so uh, Titans tries came through Jordan Rankin and uh, Dominic Peru, and 
Prince 2 of 2 on the conversions. Canberra Raiders, they had tries to Joel Thompson and a hat-trick. A hat-trick, I say, to Jared Croker, <laughs> as good players get. And Jared Croker added up with a hat-trick sure of goals. sure got a hat-trick? Well, it's got look right in front of me here. Add it up. One, two, three. Jared Croker, three. What do you got? How many other tro- Four. What they total, total of four. 24 points. Right, eh? And so then they had three conversions. They had uh, a hat trick of conversions to Croker as well. He's just fucking hat tricking it all over the place. He can't be stopped. A role model for. And he kicked a penalty goal as well, did he? No, McCrone got the penalty. McCrone McCron right. got one from one, so he got a. I don't know. I can't remember what happened there. Um, anyway, the the, wow. the the Raiders were out. I didn't realise he got a hat trick, like good players do. Yeah, by the um, the twentieth minute, the Raiders were out by twelve points to nil, and they looked absolute specials for this game. The Titans somehow managed to pull themselves back into the game, and when it came into attack, they weren't too they weren't too bad. The Titans, I don't think. I mean, they certainly showed some signs that they were um going to be a more potent attacking outfit yeah, than they were sure. last season, and. By half time, they'd actually pulled it back to a twelve points to all. In fact, the try was right on the break, and they and the goal was, you know, right on half time. And so they went to the break twelve all. Following that, well, that was it. You know, Titans' queue was in the rack. The Raiders basically went onto it, um, and they, you know, they kind of got in the lead again by about the fiftieth minute, and then they continued on with it. Uh, scored another try uh, in the sixty eighth minute, and uh, yeah. Oh, as we said before, it really proves just how bad the Cowboys were in round one. The fact that the Titans yeah. kept them scoreless and, and yeah, I mean, dominated them 18 uh, Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys... I mean, but, you know, anyone who saw that game could see that the, the Cowboys were, were bad. Woeful, yeah. But, uh, you know, the Titans fans were like, you know, you got to fucking give us respect because, you know, it was our defence that made the Cowboys look bad. No, I don't think it was, How's guys, honestly. Now? Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think so. Having said that about the Titans, I think I've, I've seen enough from not only new recruits like Miles and Idris um, to indicate that the Titans would be good, but also... Uh, some of the Princey's touches in, in this game. I thought that uh, he looked to be, you know, regaining somewhere near his his, his best touches and, and his best form. I don't know that it went on for 80 minutes, obviously, but um, I think there's enough there to, to show that the Titans will be good, giving a bit of time to gel. But in this game, I think the Raiders, obviously with Croker, Dugan had... I don't know that he had an outstanding game. He just outstanding start, outstanding so, first quarter of an hour, for sure. Dugan, and he was all I think over he, it. He really applied himself in in patches, and that was probably enough to to assert his class on the. On and can the I game. just interject as well? The uh, it's notes, very rude to interject, the, the note, Nathan. Apparently, well, I'm asking for permission first. Well, I did that um, last week. You just told me that was rude as well. No, you just you just, you just, you just went for it. I'm, I'm I'm asking with polite manners. Um, I just want to say that it actually Dugan scored one of those tries that was attributed to Croker in the notes, and I don't know if I want to name names as to where the as where I got the uh, score summary from, but uh, fucking no. sort your shit out. Quite frankly, okay. Sort your shit out because you've got Jared Croker down as three tries, and I just uh, basically read that out, and in fact, no. As I think about it, Dugan scored the first try. And it was a good try too. It was a good try too. He needs See, to get I the was respect. right. I don't remember Jared. You were, you were right. And that, well, I'm, I'm loathe to give Jared Croker credit, but if he had scored a hat-trick, I would have given him credit for that. And that website that rhymes with me gun mimited. <laughs> <laughs> sort out your fucking writers. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> yeah, how good do you think the Raiders are going to be? I'm a bit unconvinced about... They've, they've certainly... Like, Dugan is going to be as good as he is. Their first 15 minutes was as good as any 15 minutes they've played in the last two years. 
I mean, admittedly, you know, they didn't play any fifteen good any good fifteen minutes last year. So I'm kind of talking more about the you know the finals sort of run that they had, you know, the year before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't think uh you know I think they'll be middle of the road. I mean, because I don't think they can maintain. Well, even in this game, they didn't maintain it. If they could put that fifteen minutes that they started with or twenty minutes they started with, if they could you know translate that to sort of sixty minutes of a game, they'll go a long way to being you know certainly in the eight. Yeah. Um. But they just, you know... Just unconvinced. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Jury's um, out. Yeah. Young rookie, is it Whiten? Didn't he have a game? Fucked <laughs> Fino, dude. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't particularly... Um, <laughs> he, he didn't particularly draw my attention, son. He scored pretty well in, uh, in Supercoach. Oh, okay. Well, right yeah, I, I, didn't know, I did not notice that at all. Jack Whiten. What what I couldn't getting, think of his first name. What did he get, get in Supercoach? Oh, like 50-something. That's not too bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. He has some big pretty scores this week. Pretty athletic back. Considering he's a halfback and they put him on the wing to give yep. him a bit of ch- taste of first grade. Yep, yep. Quitted himself very, very well, I thought. Oh, of course, and he set up with the tap. He set up the second try, didn't he? Yes. Correct. How old is he? He was like, he's young. Like, he was, 12. He's about, no, no that's, how, that's how he looked. Oh. But, he's, but he was only about 18 or 19, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's fairly he young. He's very yeah. young, yeah. I do remember that. Interesting they're giving him a run on the wing when they're in desperate need of a halfback. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, they went all right in this game. True. And uh, young, is it Williams? Guy that plays in headgear? Yes. What's uh, what's his story? He's gone, isn't he? Injured? Yeah, didn't he? Jeez, we're professional. Yeah, I know. Didn't he get, didn't he get injured like uh, badly? I don't have the injury report in front of me here. Someone get back to us on that. We should get back because to it ourselves and have a look sorry? at it. Because <laughs> we're unprofessional and I just thought of him and I thought... I had to cut that bit out, actually. They got... Completely. Okay, cool. <laughs> From the time you talked about Williams. <laughs> can, you remember, can you remember to do that? Yeah. Because normally you don't. I just, I it makes us look very bad because we I, talk about editing shit out and then you... No, 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 no. I, Gronk. I leave stuff in because you go, well, we edit that and I go, no. And literally <laughs> leave that on the air. Right, cool. I only edit the cunts. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's going to be edited too. Yes. <laughs> I think the Gold Coast are going to be a good side. Um, I just don't know that they're going to have enough fans to witness it. And whether it'll be in this decade. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to be a good side this year. I dare say. I'm We've gonna... still got um, Bo Champion coming inside. And makes his add... debut this week, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, and um looks like young David Mead, the winger, looks like he's broken his jaw. Yeah, so he's out for four to six, I think. It's been an outside back for the Titans. Fraught with danger. It is, isn't it? More dangerous than Dayton Stephanie Rice. What's dangerous about Dayton Stephanie Rice? Fucking, you try catching syphilis and tell me it's not dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. Canterbury Bulldogs, 30, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 4. Four Bulldogs tries a hat trick to Josh Morris. Bryson Goodwin got one. Greg Eastwood got one. Steve Turner five from five. Perfect night with the boot. Defeated the St George Illawarra Dragons for a lonely try to Kyle Stanley and Jamie Soward got sweet fuck all. The scent of Bennett has officially been washed off the Dragons. Yes. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the scent was. Yeah. You're going to disagree with that. No, no, I mean, I definitely, I mean, these guys are on the decline. There's no fucking question about that. Um, <laughs> no question about that whatsoever. Um, the Whether this is like a, a blip on the radar or not, I guess we'll find out over the coming weeks. But it is it is pertinent to note that the, 
it was the biggest loss the Dragons have had in what was it, fifty six or fifty eight games? Something like that. Yeah. Which takes us, you know, obviously given you know finals games and everything like that. I mean, it takes us way back to the sort of the beginning of two thousand and ten, essentially. So. Not at the very beginning of Wayne's era. I mean, you know, he was into his second year, but it's a very, very long time since they've given up so meekly. And it's it's going to look even worse when they, you know, when that record is eclipsed not six days later. Um, Simon and Garfunkel could have supplied the uh, soundtrack to this game, The Sound of Silence. Jesus, Dragons fans went all fucking quiet on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, but for yeah. a bit of bleating and whinging about how bad that their team was but they're very, yeah and, and more bitching about uh Wayne Bennett's dealing um Bo Scott from the side um which we mentioned earlier of course yeah and uh that was probably that's as probably as fired up as they they got over a Twitter on the whole thing um as far as the game itself I mean you know all you know all all dragons essentially I mean all they, bulldogs sorry all bulldogs my mistake all dragons yeah all dragons bent over um <laughs> <laughs> all dragons, pl- all dragons played like shit. Uh, <laughs> you know that's probably it. Um, Josh Morris, notable. He got his hat trick in uh, within thirty minutes. So like good players do. Yeah, like, yeah, and and pretty much like the opposite of what someone like a lot of do because he actually gets the three tries, and in thirty minutes. Well, it's not too. exactly opposite, really. Well, yeah. Well, what's the opposite? I guess I mean getting a hat trick is the opposite of not getting a hat trick, so that much is true. Yeah, like, you know, getting tries is the opposite to not getting. We're not tries. here to talk about Lottie Takiri, mate. No, no, that's true. We but I mean, when Bulldogs defeating the Dragons quite convincingly. But the way that you carried on when Lottie was signed way back in, like you know, it was a two thousand and yeah, not two thousand and ten season, kicking off right. a two thousand and ten season, and probably would still be carrying on if he was on the field. Uh, yeah, and um, just the way you started, you're talking about hat tricks, and you made a little song up about him scoring tries and shit. Shake Whenever your reds flex your buys, <sighs> score some tries. I was hoping you'd forgotten the lyrics. God awful, <laughs> fucking shit. Alpha brain, bitch. <laughs> Don't forget shit. Yeah, but in in any case, uh, dragons, yeah, convincing winners. I mean, they, they had uh, pretty much a match winning lead, eighteen to four at half time. Went on with it in the second half, and dragons had literally nothing. Yeah, the bulldogs looked really good. Uh, just on the dragons, ill discipline and poor defence is one thing, but dragons, they've lost their ability to run the only play that they've got in their playbook. They could run that in their sleep while wherever Bennett was there coaching, and all of a sudden they've decided that they're going to throw the ball around a little bit more. And even when they go back to old faithful now, they can't even run decoys properly. Yeah, Ben Cray of all people, if there's ever a player that's that's played in the NRL that's been as well versed at being a pretend player as Ben Cray, I mean, I've I'm yet to see them, and he can't even run a decoy anymore. No. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Sam Cassiano for for the Bulldogs. If he finds a bit of consistency in his game, a bit of uh, bit of stamina, I think yeah, a bit of, bit of, bit of cardio, of stamina, a bit of cardio. He's going to be one hell of a prop. He's uh, he's devastating when he gets going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but you know, unfortunately for him at, at the moment, you know, sides if they can weather the five minute storm, they're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> has the game passed Ben Hornby by in the off season? Of course it has. Yes. Off-season 2010. Really? <laughs> Look, he's never been... He's, he's, he's always you know, struck me as a Peter Wallace type of player where, you know, like he's a solid player, but he's not one of those guys that can, you know, pull something spectacular out. I mean, geez, they'd, they'd be infinitely better side with Tim Moulton playing halfback for him, but, you know... You know, not, not to be. Not to be, not not to to be, be. unfortunately. They, uh, they messed that up. They certainly did. They, they couldn't get the job done, and... Unfortunately, uh, you know, Tim had to Tim had to do the right thing, and, and Dragons didn't have their paperwork in order. Exactly, That's the way it goes. And the West Tigers obviously, you know, wanted to play the cunt job. 
Yeah, with that too. Big time. You finished that game? I'm finished that game. Yes, me too. Dragons, Dragons, horrible. Um, you know, on the decline. Uh, bad luck, Dragons fans. 2010. Good to see is the dist- is, a, is, a distant, is a distant memory. Next game, Cronulla Sharks were defeated by the Newcastle Knights, 18 points to six, in front of a crowd of about 15 and a half thousand people. Uh, Cronulla's points came through a try to Ben Pomeroy and a conversion to Todd Carney, one from one. Newcastle, they had tries to Houston, Junior Sao, Akawila Uate Pate, with three from three from the boot of Wes Nakama. This game, um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't appear to be a flogging on the scoreboard, and in, in that in the flow of the game, it um, it was reasonably close. Um, the Sharks, the try they did get was in the last minute of play, so I mean, it was the the most consolation of consolation tries you're ever <laughs> going to get. So I mean, effectively, it was an 18 0 win to the Newcastle Knights. But having said that, Cronulla had more than enough chances. To get this, you know, to get this game going their way. I mean, Isaac de Goyce probably made about sixteen line breaks. Plenty <laughs> gets his he, old club where he had the draw and pass. Jeez, he uh, had some just, highlights, oh, mate. He he had some he had some fantastic highlights. I mean, but the guys on the other end of the passes, and you know, sometimes he screwed up. But it was a real passage there towards the end of the first half where he was just breaking the line at will and um, just former tiger, you know, like former tigers do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all because of that. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately the passes just didn't stick, uh, and they really, really paid the price and uh, lost the game. Boyd intercepting that ball and his last man standing in defence. Yep. The first time he did it last year um, against the Bulldogs. I'm pretty sure it was against the Bulldogs. Yeah. You'd um, probably give. You probably wouldn't give him the pass. You'd pass it off as a fluke, I think. But that's twice now he's done that. Yeah. And. <laughs> just poor old Sharkies made a line break regulation draw and pass and Darius comes up with a ball and exactly and there was another draw and pass where you know the, I can't remember who the receiver was but it just bounced straight off his chest like you know less than five metres from the line he was thinking about you know the fact that he'd, he'd dodged the uh, nudie run yeah. just dropped it cold <laughs> obviously a big story out of this game is Kirk Gidley's shoulder injury he's going to be out for a number of weeks and I think you say what you want about Gidley's and his ability to captain from the bench. Well, now he's going to ca- yeah, he wants the cap- uh, captain from the infirmary, <laughs> captain from the hospital. He's just making. He's just basically setting new challenges for himself. So I think he got the gig for New South Wales as a result of his inspirational leadership for the Knights. It hasn't really translated to state of origin, but it's going to be a lot for Bennett to overcome and um, t- to cover his loss for you know whatever it's going to be six or eight weeks. Yep. And all of a sudden, Danny Baderas, who I think was probably going to be a bit more of a, um, as, as we stated in our first episode, he's going to be a bit more of a Luke Prittis sort of role. He's, his leadership suddenly becomes even more vital. And um, he's, he's looking pretty good, though, Baderas. Yeah, he's certainly surprising me. He's certainly a lot better than I thought he'd be. I thought uh, after a couple of years in England, um, I mean, you know, he was kind of in the, it seemed like he was sort of towards the end of his career, NRL-wise, um, you know, when he left, he left at the right time, you know, to go and pick up his superannuation. It is effectively the rugby league players, you know, in air quotes, the farm where they go to yeah. die. So what you're saying is basically it's like a like a coon, it's like a fountain of youth. And he's actually he's, he's actually wound the clock back. He's found something. He's three years younger than he was when he left the guy over there. <laughs> hence, hence the quality play. But um, he's going fairly well. Um, another notable thing in this game, of course, was Junior Sow's try that was awarded as a try that probably wasn't. Uh, Tony Archer was uh, unwilling 
to uh, rule on it. So he sent it upstairs to the video referee. It came back as ref's call, and despite the fact that on the replays it appeared that Sow had lost the ball, um, Archer said that it was a strip by the Sharkies, and therefore he uh, awarded the try to Sow, which um, I think pretty much to everyone who saw it you know, would, would, would agree that it wasn't a try at all. Is it a prerequisite when the referees um, go up to the video ref that uh, the, ref- the referee on the ground actually has to be blindfolded and can't possibly look at the replay on the big screen? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. What the, was he doing? Well, you, yeah, usually they say you know when they send it upstairs if they want to open the gates and say you know so they can send it back as a ref call. I sort of say you know blah blah check this this this. I have an opinion. And so you know, but that I mean he didn't appear to have an opinion, and then it was forced mm-hmm. on him. So he's like, oh shit, it's Tony Archer. Flip. Effectively, whenever he has an opinion, it's infinitely wrong. Oh, you know, he is one of the better referees in the game. Oh, I mean, he's not, he's not a Matt Chechen. I mean, you know, I've, I've got my problems with Archer, but I mean, you know, when you've got guys like, you know, Bernard Sutter and, <laughs> you know, Gronk's like Ashley Klein and guys like that, I mean, you know, he can't, he faces up pretty well with those I'd guys. I'd just like to see an exchange between the ref and a video ref where the ref makes the, the you know, the shape of the box with his fingers yep. and the video ref sends it down to ref's call and you just hear the ref go, well, I don't fucking know. If I knew, I wouldn't have sent it up to you in the first place. This makes a picture with his box again <laughs> with his hands. No, you make a decision, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Thing, I mean, like, but when you when, got ten TVs up there. Well, when we were watching the video, though, I mean, like, it was pretty apparent what was going on. Like, I mean, you know, you could you could see pretty easily. I don't know why the video ref wasn't, you know, you know, courageous yeah, enough to make. That's right. We could see it pretty easily, and you would think that um, that the referee might have had a. Sneak peek at the big screen. Well, it's not even on the video referee. I mean, like we were, what we were seeing exactly what he was, you know, what he was seeing sure. as he was reviewing the play, and it was pretty clear what had happened. So you maybe know. he has to be blindfolded as well. Yeah, fucking idiots. Poor old Sharkies. They created a number of chances, and Carney was Carney Quite. was involved in Degoise as well. But Carney can't really add his class to everything. You know, it's no, got to be on no. some of the other players to to actually catch the ball and dive over the line and ground it effectively, and it's. I think their their expectations of him are going to be too high. Some of these other players are going to have to step up and and um, you know he's he's already at a certain level, which is far and away higher than any other player in the club, with probably the exception of Gallon. Yeah. And it's up to the other players to get somewhere near there. I don't, I don't see Pomeroy or Best or you know these sorts of players making it all the way to a Todd Carney type level. But geez, they could have a crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Sharkies. Oh, I, they brought it on themselves this time. I mean, Isaac tried to do the job. Yeah. No one trailing through that could catch a pass, Shocking. unfortunately. All right, moving along, we have the Sydney Roosters. They were pumped 18 points to zip by the Penrith Panthers at the Sydney Football Stadium, also known as Allianz Stadium. And don't people bitch about the name of the stadium. My God, like there's fucking, you know, they don't have bigger problems in their life. Like yeah. supporting East for starters. Well, exactly. Feel free to still call it the Sydney Football Stadium. Exactly, and it was a crowd of uh, twelve thousand seven hundred forty-six. So I guess the Penrith Panthers certainly ex- had an exodus from West to, to turn up to that one because you know we know that the Roosters only generally have about six of their own fans <laughs> that will make it to the game. Um, tries Roosters sweet fuck all versus the Penrith Panthers tries a double to Jennings. And who was the other try to? Sam McKendry. And it was three from three from the boot from Luke Walsh. Yeah, big story, obviously. Jennings striking a bit of form. He's, he's already got more tries. Well, he got more tries in this game than he did the whole of last season. Um, the thing with Jennings, 
that I, I believe holds him back or has held him back in the past. And hopefully with some um, influence from... I know that Luke Lewis, has, has, uh, since he's taken on the captaincy, he's, he's worked quite closely with Jennings to, to try and get his attitude in the right spot. He's, obviously, he's had his off-field indiscretions and his attitude and application to training, etc., has been questioned um, certainly in the last season or so. Yep. I think with Penrith, they... They treat the the local kids that come through and make first grade like heroes, um, you know, guys like MG, um, Greg Alexander, Freddie, yep, um, all these guys. And Jennings Jennings is a legitimate superstar, um, but when they're fawned over from the time that you know when they come through SG Ball, they're identified as a future first grader, really. Yeah. And they they're bloody fawned over and treated like like local heroes. And that's going to have an effect on on a young kid's sort of mindset. And you can see how they do go down that path of, of maybe being getting in their attitude, getting ahead of them. To be fair, in Penrith, the local hero is just a dude that has the flash uggies. <laughs> <laughs> a guy with two subwoofers. Yeah, yeah, in the back exactly. Of his skyline. <laughs> well, it's not really skylines in Penrith, really. No, I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about doggies fans now. You, you've just fucking migrated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going further west than that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just think if, if if he can get that right, he's he's odds on to be the best centre in the game in a season or two. Yeah, I don't know about that, but um, yeah, I mean, he certainly he's, he's certainly he's got every attribute. He's got a he's, he's he seems to be under undergoing a bit of a uh, a renaissance or a rebirth under under Ivan Cleary. You know, it was well documented he had problems. Yeah, he had. It was well documented that he had problems with um with Elliot, and he was out of favour. Uh, you know, disciplinary problems, that sort of thing. Clearly, you know, whatever for whatever the reason, he uh, he didn't click over there. But this uh, change in regime seems to benefit him a lot. Um, as for the game itself, you know, both sides made a lot of mistakes. Rooster, the Roosters' mistakes were more crucial, though. Um, sure. Well, I think the Roosters, much like the Sharkies in the game we just spoke about, they created plenty of opportunities and um. Certainly in the first half, they were fairly competitive, and they looked yeah. like they looked dangerous, and just some last pass here and there, and a bit of execution yep. let them down, and ended up with a duck egg. I guess you're going to expect that from a young team, though. They, you know, panicked at, at critical times, uh, rather than just regulation sort of drawing pass, as we said before with the Sharkies game. They they sort of panicked, tried to do too much, and yep, yep, um, mistimed it. Poor. Poor execution, and at this level, you you know, even against a team like the Panthers, which I don't think it's going to be with, amongst the upper echelon of the NRL, they've still got the strike power to if you give them enough possession, yeah, that and and field position that they're going to be able to put points on and show it in this game. All right. Next game, Sunday night football this week. Uh, in addition to the the regular Monday night football. We had the Melbourne Storm, 24, defeating the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 10. Storm had a double to Billy Slater, a double to Dane Nielsen, and a try to Matt Duffy. Cameron Smith, shit day with the boot, two from five. And they defeated the Rabbitohs with tries to Burgess and McQueen, Sam Burgess, that is, uh, and a conversion to Adam Reynolds, one of two. Yes, yes. They showed a bit of a fair bit of ticker, I think, to, to come back from ten nil down and, and level the game. But ultimately, the storm kicked away from them. South didn't have the class to stick with them. Yeah, um, it's certainly an attack. 
And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that they've got a young halfback, very inexperienced, trying to, to pull the strings on the on the side, and and John Sutton, who we've we've discussed it before, is as a five eight, it makes a pretty good lock forward. Yeah, yeah. And as five eight, he makes it. He makes an average lock forward. On the- <laughs> that could that could probably crack reserve grade for some side. <laughs> I just don't get what their their fascination is with Sutton playing five eight. Just I don't understand it. It's not working for them. Maybe and he wants to. You know, that's that's an important factor. Maybe he's like, you know, five eight's my position, that's where I want to play and yeah, you know, that's maybe you know, that's a maybe that's it and I think just maybe Sandow overshadowed the fact that, you know, Sutton played off, off the back of Sandow a lot more than maybe we gave Sandow credit for last year. So Yep, yep. Um now that he's there and he's obviously got to be the primary ball player, geez, they leave a lot to be desired in attack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, this game, it was almost, I won't say a carbon copy, it was like Melbourne Storm almost learned from the mistakes of the round one game they had against the Raiders. Same situation, they shot out to a bit of a lead, you know, decent lead, got pegged back, but this time they didn't allow, you know, all of the you know, last you know, five minutes of the game, scramble shenanigans, field goals, all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. And so they managed to sort of... Uh, you know, tough it out and, uh, you know, their defence held strong. As always. I just... Melbourne were, were below their best and I'm not sure they ever really looked troubled. And yeah. they managed to, to ice the game when they when they needed to. Billy Slater again for the second week in a row got the match-clinching try. Yep. Um, just on Slater, great player, absolutely brilliant. And he's got the ability to to pull some ridiculously amazing plays out in attack but on the flip side of that he's he also has an epic fuck up in his game and yeah oh yeah has had oh. it at, and on the biggest stage also yeah. and in, t- in fact they tend to happen more on the biggest stage like his highlight real fuck ups aren't a million miles away from Manu Vatavai I mean, he's 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 made some fuck ups that are right up there with the best of Bo Ryan and certainly right up there with Justin Hodges' uh, state of origin debut where he had that absolute nightmare evening. I'm not I'm not saying that Billy Slater's not probably within the top two or three plays in the game. I'm just, oh, I am. <laughs> you'll do that because you're an inflammatory type person. Yes. Um, Sam Burgess. Yeah, unbelievable. If he ever gets homesick like Gareth Ellis and wants to go home to England, why anyone would want to do that is beyond me. But if he ever does, South Sydney, they'll be organising another fucking rally in the streets. Well, of course they will, because I mean, George Piggins d- a bit of dust off his fucking slippers, and if he takes all the bird eyes with him, I mean, you know, it's like a hole. That's eight people out of their probably their top level squad. I mean, you know, they need to replace. Well, they would normally get gaps. twenty thousand people to a rally, but most of the people that were their last rally probably dead now, um, and they'd probably invite the Burgess family. But if they didn't show up, geez, it'd be it'd be thin on the ground. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Just his work rate. Great. I mean, 115 point game uh, in Supercoach, so that's um, that's the best he's ever done. Um, it's the highest score. I mean, it's early in the season, but it's the highest score in the season. Uh, a couple of guys matched it this week, but still, I mean, fucking fantastic. That's Gallon esque, you know, Corey Parker esque yeah. Supercoach performance. So I say a lot of people will be adding him to their roster this week if they don't already have him. He's just uh, he's just an amazing player, and the fact that he's had a couple of he's obviously made. Did they make the finals in his first year? For the Rabbits? Oh, did they or did they just fall short? I can't remember. But all in all, there's been some lean times at the Bunnies. Oh, yeah, very lean times at the Bunnies. Every season, 
bring so much promise for them, according to their own fans. Um, and he just he never never takes a play off, you know. Like whenever he and whatever he does is at a, a absolute hundred percent. Every tackle he makes, every run he makes, he's just just a great player. I just hope that he's not that he gets the opportunity to have some element of success at the Bunnies because he certainly deserves it and he's freaking works hard for it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So all in all, good wind of the storm. They probably never hit top gear, but it was enough to um, convincingly beat the Bunnies. And once again, the storm machine distills, you know, appears to be able to grind out wins. And so yeah. once again, they'll, you know, they'll they'll do fairly well without and extending themselves. Even more impressive considering they've got Jason Ross on the side now. Yeah, gee, I mean that could be the that could be the big thing that you know just brings it all crashing down. It could be Bellamy coach of the year again. Yeah, I mean it could be a bigger it could be a bigger blow to the club than uh, Ian Schubert. I mean, <laughs> you might be a sleeper agent descending it is to bring a lot you know, fully crashing down. They couldn't do it from the from the front office, so they're going to try and do it from within. Could be a bigger nobbling than having all your points taken off you. It could be, and, and yeah, well, I mean, it has been for most of his sides, hasn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> so just one last point on that game. Yes, I think we can categorically say that Mark Gaznia sucks at commentary. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Just uh, telling. Matt King in the post-match interview. Matt King obviously plays for the Rabbitohs and was dressed resplendently in his Rabbitohs jersey, so there shouldn't have really been any confusion. And considering he probably sat there and commentated through the game and watched all 80 minutes yep. and saw see us lose, yeah, um, he said to Matt King, "Now go and celebrate, mate. <laughs> celebrate what? <laughs> it's that kind of attitude that, that you know that, that means you can't cut it in the means NRL you can anymore, guys. Now and wear a pink jersey." Exactly, and, wing. and you know, you know who uh, who wasn't a fan of uh, Mark Gaznia's uh, sideline uh, interviewing techniques. Mark Gaznia's parents, uh, in addition to them, who Twitter, yes, fucking Twitter lit up with the people basically just telling him he was shit. So it's a good thing he doesn't actually have a Twitter account because he would have uh, probably had a few tears in the eyes after that one. <laughs> Wrapping up the round, the Parramatta Eels on Monday night foot bitch. They were defeated by the New Zealand Warriors, 36 points to 20 in front of a smallish crowd of just over 12,000 people. Parramatta's 20 points came from a double to Chris Sandow, uh, another try to Chase Blair, and one to Ken Seo. Chris Sandow, two from four from the boot. The Warriors, 36 points came from tries that doubled to the Tupo. We had tries to Matteo, Maloney, Kevin Locke, and Conrad Hurrell, and Maloney, six from six on the way to his awesome Burgess leveling 115 point super coach game as well. Um, sensational effort. Speaking of people that don't interview particularly well. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he doesn't get a lot of practice, you know, being a Warriors player and being over in New Zealand a lot of the time, but yeah, he needs to really smarten his shit up. He's going to be under scrutiny when he hits East. He's a, he's a Westie from way back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, at least he actually answers questions, you know, I mean, he's he's West, he's Westie as, but I mean, at least he's not, you know, Darius Boyd like the air and, uh. Yeah. Oh, Terrence you know. Boyd is a Westie. He's a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. He's a mute. He's a <laughs> Helen, Helen Keller. Uh. Sean Johnson has really modelled himself on a young Benji Marshall, hasn't he? He's got the footwork. He's got the yeah. flair. I would have thought it would have been more like a Phil Blake or a Cliffy Lyons, but, you know, whatever. Well, it's definitely been modelled on Benji. His defence is fucking woeful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, his, his touch football background really comes to the fore sometimes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> It does. He mustn't be a very good defender in touch either because he doesn't lay a finger on some of these blokes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously he does like to lean on the fact that he's, you know, the explosive attacking player. But, you know, if, if that doesn't come off, mate, you need to, you know, it was a net loss in this Got game despite a win. Up. Yep, exactly. 
What what was Carney thinking in dropping Luke Burt? I don't know. The Eels' most inspirational player. Second most inspirational player, well, I'd say. Look, Hind is always finish, number one. If you don't really cut me off, I'm cutting. No, it's it's payback this week. Yeah, you, if you were going to say that, you would have said that, wouldn't you? <laughs> but you didn't. Jeez. <laughs> I think losing the fact that Bert wasn't in the side and losing Hindmarsh to a virus before the game. Um, and then obviously Jaron. Virus. Yeah, virus. <laughs> in air quotes that you can't see because you're listening to watching. Virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the dropped virus. Then j- losing obviously Jared Hayne to his knee injury early in the game really killed his ill spirit. Um, and a few young guys inside. They tried hard. Um, yeah. Chase Blair and Kenny Co. I thought they both had admirable games given the circumstances, and especially with Co had a changed position. Mm-hmm. I thought he performed quite well. But Chris Sandow, a lot's been made of his signing with Power, but geez, he almost got the job done himself. Well, scored one yeah. solo try and smashed the the Warriors. Um, well, and this is and this is the thing with the with the uh, scoreline of thirty six to twenty. Uh, you need to remember that you know not too far from full time it was only like 26 to 20 and um, after the yield scored a try they got him right back into the game sure. so uh, it's kind of you know the, the Warriors did get a couple they tagged them with a couple of tries at the end uh, two tries at the end uh, to blow it out a bit but before that I mean it was actually a contest where you know the Eels were right in it despite being um, you know down for most of them you know uh, pretty much after the initial burst in the first 10 minutes he's, as much as he's probably annoying when he's playing against your team he's got the ability to lift his teammates though. Sandow with a big play. Yeah, I mean he has his downside. Be a shoulder role. charge or a, you know a bit of a solo run or or whatever. I don't know. That he's a much much of a, like a great talker in general play. I don't think he's renowned for that, but um, certainly by way of his efforts, he can lift his teammates. Yeah, definitely. Um, with the exception of Ben Roberts, I think this game was probably a bit of a microcosm of Ben Roberts' career. Started out looking awesome and then vanished completely. Yeah, well, the, the Parramatta, I mean, they came out, what, they had two tries on the board within the first 10 minutes yeah. and still found a way to, uh, you know, fall well behind. And, and then, fact, uh, they still lost by 16 points. Still lost 16 points, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I guess the, the positives for Parramatta, they, they didn't t- draw the game and then lose in golden point extra time. That would have been <laughs> tragic. Um, you know, they kind of got to the point where they were, you know, able to maybe force that, you know, uh, with about 12 minutes to go. But unfortunately... Yeah. To the Warriors' credit, they, I think yeah. they showed that they are the real deal this season and they put a fairly scratchy performance together but the class in multiple positions throughout the side shone through and, and they ran away fairly convincing on the scoreboard if, if nothing else in the end. My only real concern is they do have a lot of class as I said but um, so have a lot of other top teams in the NRL and there's going to come a time where teams' class is going to cancel each other out and it's going to come down to the game plan and, and what the coach puts in place to try and get the victory I, just, yep. I don't know that um, that Bluey McLennan's coaching is going to get them over the line against the best teams and it'll be something they've got to overcome yeah, well, it remains to be seen. I mean, you know, they're, they're not in in a bad position at the start of the season. I mean, you know, they they, they, they had a demoralising victory to the, to, the, to the champion premier premiership winning legends of the side of the of the competition. But after that, you know, they 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 put it on Parramatta a little bit. You know, it's a, it'd be a confidence building win. And considering they're fairly slow starters in the seasons anyway, I mean, I think they'll be happy with one from two to start with. Sure.
previews for round three of season 2012. We kick off Friday night football. The St. George Illawarra Dragons playing the West Tigers. First match of the season for the Dragons at Cogra. Tim Molson Cup. The Tim Molson Cup. The winner gets Tim Molson. Well, not really. No. <laughs> the winner gets to um, complain that Hope. Tim Molson didn't come to them. That's right. If, if the fucking planets align and hell freezes over and the Dragons win this game, yeah. Both sides coming off devastating losses. It just, it's, I guess it's just a matter of which side you know can get past that easier. Yeah, there's a lot of Dragons fans blowing up and saying that they're going to give Molson hell at the game. And yeah, so they should. Yeah, good luck to them. wonder if they're going to give the same to Bo Scott. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing. With Molson, well, no, Molson is a totally different situation. Well, not really. All he did, all he's proven is that he was smarter than Bo Scott. Bo yeah. Scott was stupid enough to go to the Dragons and play there for a few years. Molson, I mean, for starters, he doesn't, yeah, he is not probably the main instigator anyway. He signed the three-year deal, expected to get the release because he was told to go and look for another deal. In the meantime, they've decided to punt Robert Louis up to North Queensland, you know, so they didn't see the next yeah, time he bashed his wife. Path. Let's not rehash old ground. Come on. So really, it's the Tigers' administration. But having said that... Shrewdly playing their hand. Having said that... I agree, the, mate. I agree with you. It is the Tigers' administration shrewdly playing. And my next hand. point is, though, despite all of that, that you know, we agree that it is the uh, the Tigers' administration being under underhanded sluts. You know, the likes of which we haven't seen since Canterbury in the off season two thousand eleven. We also have Tim Moulton, who has absolute lack of character and moral fi- moral fibre, as evidenced by in the papers today rumours that he was looking to jump and join the Waratahs and play Union. So, I mean, the we're dude's... Clear, we've got a clear cap space to sign Sonny Bill, mate. Someone's got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's Sonny Bill. Jacob Miller waiting in the wings in the 20s, carving up. You're going you're gonna to have Adam Blair playing playing as the pack. <laughs> yeah, so, we might whack Sonny in the centre. So, and Sonny, Sonny Bill will be the, will be the halfback, clearly, or oh, fullback, oh, whatever oh, Molson's supposed to do. Well, as long as he plays shirtless, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Um, on to the game itself, though. Uh Dragons, wow, this game will really to really give us an idea of where they are, whether that uh, last week was a bit of an anomaly or if it really is a, a true decline. Um, if, if the Bulldogs can beat them by 26 points, and I, I think the Tigers are twice the side of the Bulldogs, and I don't know where you went to school, but uh, in my book that means a uh, 30-odd point drubbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be that way. I think the Dragons will probably firm up a little bit. Um, you know, the West Tigers... <sighs> They've clearly got nothing. I mean, you know, you take Gareth out and it's just floodgates open time. So Gareth will um, play, mate. I'm predicting... Gareth yeah, will play. I'm, yeah, I know he'll play, but I'm just saying if they took him out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, I, I still think the Tigers win. I'll, t- I'll tip the Tigers. Um, yeah, they don't deserve my tip, but I'm going to give it to them anyway and they'll be thankful for it. But uh, I look forward to the to the presentation of the Tim Melton Cup at the end of the game. And uh, who will be actually conducting that presentation? Me. You're flying down, are you? Yeah, I'll do it. All right. I'll make up a trophy myself. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. In your, in your imaginary world. <laughs> all right. Next game, the other Friday night game, we have the Newcastle Knights versus Brisbane Broncos uh, in Newcastle at Hunter Stadium. This one's uh, going to be the live game in uh, into Queensland, unfortunately, uh, as is always the case with one of the Queensland sides. Um, and this one, I guess, is some you know not a real grudge match because it's kind of like you know secondhand a secondhand grudge match, but it's Benny against his. Uh, Former and most long-lived side. It's true. The Broncos. He's still much beloved up there. But oh, I don't know that the Broncos 
after the disappointment of of last week, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it together and 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 pull out a win against the Knights. Certainly at Newcastle, might be a bit different story if it was at Suncorp. But yeah, I, I think the Knights will, will put it together and all all equate to a reasonable sort of start for the Knights. They've played some yeah, I mean they're not the Sharks and they've yeah. played the Dragons. When the Dragons were still considered, you know, premiership heavyweights. Yeah, exactly. But now we know that they've been exposed. So, I mean, how, how much do you value that loss? I mean, yeah, it was golden point extra time. Well, they haven't, yeah. they haven't lost to the Tigers yet, mate. That's when they'll be exposed. Well, I mean, the Tigers the themselves fraud, were exposed. It's the fraudsters that they are. Well, the Tigers have been exposed anyway. I mean, so, you know, they're, they're registered, they're, they're registered sex offenders. They've been exposed so badly. So, um... It's <laughs> a little harsh. Yeah, I'll stand by it. Um, I think the Broncos can do this. I mean, how big the loss of Corey Parker is. I mean, it's it's always very handy when you can throw Petro into the starting lineup, and uh, and you know Ben Tio, of course, you know he's off contract, so he's going to obviously be playing to a certain level. He needs to get himself a deal. Ryan Stig comes into the the Knights side to replace Gidley and and goes into the halves with Jared Mullen. Um, he proved himself last year. I don't think they'll lose too much there. He's a good player. Yeah, I agree. But I still, I think the Broncos can win win this. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just this is going to be one of those games where we'll, I think we'll have a better picture of where Newcastle are positioned after this match. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Broncos' enthusiasm get them over the line if the, if the Knights show this similar sort of complacency and lack of effort that they have, um, in, well, certainly in round one against the Dragons. Um, but just the fact that Knights are at home, I think they might win a close one. Yeah, and uh, Tamana Tahu potentially. Lining up on Justin Hodges. Someone's going to die there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, that's like a battle between the immovable grub when the immovable grub meets the irresistible grub. That's I it. mean, you know, who, who, you know, which force of grubbery will prevail? I guess we'll find out. Grubber palooza. Exactly. Okay, moving on to Saturday. First game there we've got is the Gold Coast Titans versus the Melbourne Storm. It's at Skill Park Rabina. No doubt, uh, played in front of a massive crowd. Of 6,000 people, um, officially 11,000. Uh, Gold Coast fans, for starters, fucking, it's 5.30 on Saturday. You've got no excuse. No kid needs to go to bed before that game's fucking finished. Exactly. Get down there, for fuck's sake. Watch your team. Sick of telling you. I mean, look what happened to you. Look what, look what happened to your soccer team. Got their ass kicked out. I mean, and yeah, it wasn't because of fan numbers. I mean, although, you know, that was probably a factor. I mean, it was because the owner was a cockhead, but still. Clive Palmer should do. Just to spite the the A-League. I don't know how it would spite them, but just let me tell my story anyway. Um, He's got shitloads of money to, like, have these petty little things against the A-League, and I don't know why we're talking about soccer. Why doesn't he just, like, give someone, or say, here's a ticket to the footy, and I'll give you 50 bucks if you just go and sit in the stands. Imagine the Titans if they just got 20-odd thousand every game. And that benefits him how? Sorry? And that benefits him or his crusade how does against the other shit FFA? He's doing benefit him? Well, you know, now he's like talking about he wants to start up a rebel, you know, rebel competition, Super League of Soccer. <laughs> I mean, of course, it won't go anywhere, but, you know, whatever. Um, back to the game. Um, Titans, I mean, they're, they're clearly, they're facing an absolute annihilation here at home. Um Two of their heaviest losses last season came at the hands of the Melbourne Storm, and we were actually at the game they had uh, at Skilled last year against the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, they lost that pretty hand- class then. But- lost it handily. Uh, I can't really see things changing in any way, shape, or form. No, I think the the Storm. This will be their most complete performance of the season so far, despite the fact that they they've had a couple of wins. 
I just uh, I think they're ready to to really stamp their class, and uh, unfortunately, I think the Titans might be the hapless victims of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're a great training partner, training dummy. The Titans, I think, can just all tune up nicely on them. <laughs> Speedball. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Bo Champion, notable. He's uh, making his debut for the Titans finally. Played playing against the the team that he turned out for last year. Yeah, for after, about three minutes. After leaving the Bunnies to make way for Inglis. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I saw an article through the week as well. Um, Scott Prince, uh, absolute liability. He's certainly taken the mantle of Darren Lockyer as far as defensive skills is concerned. And they they're speaking about the amount of tackles he's made versus the amount... And he's pretty much missed about 30% of the tackles he's attempted. Really? Yeah. And then you contrast that with guys. Like, he's kind of made, you know, something like 30-something tackles and he's missed, like, you know... 12 or something like that so it's a pretty bad stat and then you look at guys conversely like uh, Daly Cherry Evans has made 52 and missed 4 or something and most of the other halfbacks are kind of reasonable you know certainly Maltzen, nothing like this Maltzen hasn't missed a tackle all year Maltzen's probably missed 1,000 tackles um, made 3 so it's not bad but you know but, yeah, it's not Scott Prince-ish but you know maybe pretty, told Sheens he was going to go out there and make the tackles and then Decided against it. He was going to let. He was, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe he did. Or maybe Sheensy sort of just pulled it back and said, you know, he's he's lined up, and Sheensy just like, no, nah, no, nah. change my mind. You're not to make that tackle. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. don't want you to make that tackle. Get back in the line. Let Gattis do it. <laughs> anyway, we agreed. Anyway, while we're talking about this, uh, Storm are going to pump the Titans. Unfortunately, I mean, we like the Titans, and uh, poor old Chop. Since when? We like him. I mean, you know, it's kind of like you know, lovable losers. Yeah. I think they have the Nathan Gillis of the NRL. No, they're going to Next. cop it. Okay. Next game, we have the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Parramatta Eels up at Dairy Farmers in Townsville. Um, Cowboys, a lot to play for um, in front of their Townsville faithful because they had an absolute shithouse performance in round one, possibly their worst performance of all time at Dairy Farmers. Um, such So bad it was that it made the Titans look like an amazing defensive outfit that pumped them 18-zip. Which they've since been proved to uh, otherwise not be. Well and truly exposed by the Raiders, yes. Luke Burke comes in at fullback for the injured Jared Hayne. Uh, obviously, Willie Tonga got a bit of a knock last week. He's going to be okay. Hein Marsh comes back into the side as well. Um, as far as the Cowboys go, I think just that sheer embarrassment factor of, of their round one performance, yep. I think that's enough for them to put something together to, to get over the top of the eels. And I think they might put some points on the eels, actually. Well, they put some points on the Broncos. I mean, I don't think they'll have any problem putting it on the Eels. Um, Eels, you know, without they looked fantastic in the first 10 minutes when they had Jared Hayne. No Jared Hayne this time. Uh, I imagine that uh, Hindmarsh is expected to make a full recovery from the virus that uh, dropped him from the side last round. Um, and in fact, he has, does have the captaincy. So maybe that'll fill up some gaps in the middle. But unfortunately with the Cowboys, the middle's not really where you get busted a lot of the time. No, that's right. But I'm 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 quite ha- I'm quite happy to say the Cowboys will win that, and I think probably pretty handily. I agree. I reckon uh, about twelve to eighteen points. Yeah, I agree. Okay, moving on to Sunday, we have the New Zealand Warriors versus the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Mount <laughs> Mount Star Stadium. <laughs> finally, I've found. We, the sooner we move on from there, the better. I finally found my rabbitos for the dogs this season. <laughs> Warriors coming off Monday Night Football could be a factor. Um, having said that, they are at home where they become 
a much more formidable outfit. The dogs, though, they're going to have to get over sides like the Warriors if they're, if they're going to be the real deal. I just... Um, maybe the Monday night factor. I'm a bit nervous about tipping the Warriors, but I can't really tip the Broncos away. Uh, tip the Broncos, tip the Bulldogs. Um, playing at Mount Smart, so I'm going to have to tentatively go the Warriors. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean... You can't get too precious about your tips in the first four rounds anyway because it really does take a couple of weeks to shake out how teams are actually going. Um, the Warriors, you know, was it their performance against uh, the Eels that, that you uh, that you, you you rate? Or was it the Dogs' performance against the Dragons that you rate? You know, it's like, how do you... You know, so at this stage, I think, you know, the Dogs are going okay, but the Warriors are going well, and it's a, a long road trip. So, you know, I think, you know, by default, I'm going to go the Warriors as well. Agreed. Okay, Sydney Roosters versus Canberra Raiders. This one's taking place at Allianz Stadium in Sydney. And, uh, of course, if you need a GPS to find it, it's the Sydney Football Stadium. Because apparently the name change really fucks up people's shit. And they just don't know where the stadium is anymore. Exactly right. Roosters probably looking to um, to put last week behind them fairly quickly because... They dwell on that too much, and the Raiders will come and get them. And they're definitely good enough to beat the Roosters. Um, I'd have to say that I'm leaning towards the Raiders in this one. I am too. I mean, it's the Raiders all day. I mean, when you look at the Roosters, yeah, they got that win over the South, and it was exciting. They got two tries in the last what three minutes to steal the game. Yep. But what that tells you is that for 78 minutes, they were the worst side they in that were game. Very bad, yeah. Exactly. And then last week, very bad as well. So I think, you know, the Raiders, they're, they're going okay at the moment. I mean, they were, you know, came close to toppling um, the Storm. Had a good win over the uh, Titans last week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to tip the Raiders in that one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go the Raiders as well. Okay, Sunday again, we've got the Penrith Panthers versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Centibet Stadium in Penrith. Panthers at home. Rabbitohs on a Suck. bit of Diana. I think uh, the Panthers, based on some of their attack that they displayed last week, I think it'll be too much for the Rabbitohs to handle. And I think the Panthers might uh, put a big score on the Bunnies. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how much of a score they're going to put on there, but I'm certainly favouring the Panthers to win this game at, at home. Um, I'd love to see Sam Burgess have a have a massive game again though. Um, and Isaac Luke. I mean, this is the one thing. Maguire has been. He's he's not afraid to sort of you know mix stuff up, mix things up. I mean, like Talon, I was gone after having a shocker. Yeah. Um. You've got Isaac Luke starting in the nine, and so and Pete's you know he's dropped back to eighteen now, so he may not even get on in the squad for the game. Interesting, uh, Andrew Everingham. I don't know where he's come from, and Chris McQueen, who played a lot of bloody first grade last year, and um and also played last week. Yep. He's coming off the bench. Yep, exactly. Interesting. And uh, Matt King goes into the centres with Greg Inglis as well. Interesting combination there. Yeah, and then we get uh, Dylan Farrell playing fullback. So look, you he's know, a good player, Farrell. I like him. Yep, I'll, I'll never forget the hat trick he scored to sink uh, sink the Tigers in that game. Sensational. I tried to, but you won't let me. No, no, I'll never, I'll never let you. I mean, Panthers, Panthers by a long way. Panthers by plenty enough. Yeah, they'll be Panthers by enough. That's the official tip I'm giving you. Okay, and we move on to finally Monday night foot bitch match of the round: Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus the mighty Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, Toyota Stadium, Toyota Stadium, which is proving to be a blockbuster venue this season. I mean, already seeing a crowd of fifteen thousand people, which is you know three times more than the average that Sharks would usually get. Um, You know, Manly by thirty. Nothing more to say about that. 
Yeah, I don't think the Sharks are going to have too many answers for, for what the Eagles will uh, put to them. Sharks will try hard. They'll probably create a few opportunities. I'm not sure they're going to be able to capitalise on them. Manly will just grind them, in, grind them out of the game in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes. And from there, I think they'll put a rather large scoreline on them. I agree, and um, and I expect nothing less, to be honest. I mean, I demand that kind of performance from the Seagulls. And if you're going to be serious, you know, if you're serious about defending your premiership, you know, the the games, even if they're away games, you know, battles against the Gronks, you know, you've got to take them out and show them who's boss. So, you know, that's what I want to see. That's what I expect, and that's what I demand. Good luck with that. That is full time for episode number 78. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Um, new review this week, title This Week in League, five stars from Mr. McCarthy. Fantastic podcast, but very lacking in cowbell dragons, naked chicks, and explosions. When Thursday rolls around and I listen to this marvellous podcast, it feels as if Megan Fox herself is sticking her tongue into my ear. One of one listeners found that review helpful, amazingly. Yeah, that was me. I was just trying to pump Maddie up. All right. So, uh, yeah, great review. And, I mean, he's certainly gone for a, you know, a different angle, you know, by essentially being completely irrelevant to the, the show and, yeah, know, being a bit out there. But it was a five-star review, it's and we love five-star reviews. as well. It's been completely irrelevant. Yes. Now, new listeners, if uh, you haven't given us an iTunes review, uh, get to iTunes, uh, look up This Week in League, check the sports chart. We'll be up the top around there, or just pump in This Week in League, and it'll come up in the search. And, you know, if you've got, a, if you've got five seconds spare, hit the uh, rating, throw us a five-star review. If you're a good typer, it could be less than that. Yeah, and if, you, and if you've got a spare minute, chuck a review in there. Um, it basically all helps. It helps the show as far as getting featured and you know up the charts and that kind of thing, which just helps more people find the show. So um, it's a good thing. Um, tipping, tipping. We're only into week two, so things really have to settle down yet. And I mean, I imagine there's a lot of people at a very very similar sort of levels. But let's just take a look at the table, how it's shaking out at the moment. Number one, we have Andrew Smyrniotis. He is leading the comp by one point over. Bronco Ringo, he How was up that there. Happen? Yeah, he was up there towards the end last season as well. So um, he's he's making his charge early. Uh, Megan Borg, she's up there, equal on twelve and three card magic trick. Who we met down at the UFC the other week for the first time. He's uh, in fourth position, one point back, rounding out the five. We have Williams two seven seven, and there's a couple of guys tied in eleven points. Actually, we've got Whitey and Annalise underscore zero eight. Where are you at, Glenn? You probably, oh, mate, I'll be way down. You might even be ahead of me for once at the start, you know, given it's so early in the season, you haven't had a chance to fall behind. There, I'm in 34th. Having said that, I'm only two points out of the eight, out of the five. But, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I tied with Dave, cheating, yeah, copping off my, cheat, cheating off my tips. Oh, I'm defeat. Oh, no, I'm tied with Jackson. Okay, now, I'm trying to find you. I think you have to go a bit further Holy down shit, now. I have to go to the next page. Pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, this, this puts you in the bottom half of the draw here. Okay. Hey, someone called the fat touchy sensational. <sighs> My mum's not tipping too well either, I might add. Oh, fuck you. There I am. 73. <laughs> I 
Having said that, you've only got two tips less than me, but yeah. it's, dropped, it's dropped you like twice as bad as I am. And I think we should give special mention to some of our favourite people like Paraman 1973 who is 80th position and dead last. Well, look at this. We've got a couple of guys here. Cruzio6, a common contributor on Twitter, He's on six points in 85th position. And we've got... Uh, Clearly ben, knows nothing about rugby league. Ben Dunn, a Sharkies fan, 88. Wow. And uh, then we, there, we go down lower and we've got poor old Paris Steve. He's on three points. Three correct tips out of out of uh, a possible score of 16. He's probably tipping Liverpool and Manchester United to win the NRL. That is absolutely atrocious. Very much so. But, um, you know, the tipping... We've got a ton of people and we've got more people this year than we did last year. Sure have. So... Um, it's good to see. And actually, just one thing I wanted to look up. Let's go back to the first page. Let's just see where our, our defending champion, Freak09. Let's see how he's sitting this season so far. And I'm looking for him. Looking, looking, looking. Oh, he's in 21st position. That jerk. Same amount of points as I've got. Um, he's basically two points out of the top five. So, you know, very early days. It's very bunched up at this point. But, uh, you know, I guess he's a crack. He was already bleating about not getting merch last year for winning. Yeah. Broncos fans, tell ya. Edit. Finally. <laughs> no shit, dude. Finally, the shop. We obviously, we still have stock of, uh, in, in most, but not all sizes of the Revelation t-shirt. Uh, hats, hats good all sizes. Small, medium could be uh, running quite low. Okay, and uh, Stubby Cools, of course. So hit us up at thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to be the coolest motherfucker that you know. Damn straight. And we had, uh, just speaking of Cruzy 06 on the tipping, we were speaking to Cruzy, uh, and he was mentioning that he's been repping his uh, Revelation shirt pretty damn hard. And uh, I'm hearing that music, so I need to stop. I saw it coming, and I just had to fucking put the mute on it. So Cruzio 6, he's been talking to us on Twitter over last week, uh, last weekend I believe it was, he was talking about repping his Revelation shirt pretty damn hard, um, getting a lot of looks and uh, a lot of comments, so it's good to see. Some of that's got something to do with the fact that he doesn't like to wear pants in public. So of course the the shop's always there, I want you to take advantage of it and, you know, if you want to send us through some pictures of you uh, repping our gear, we'll we'll put them up on on the Facebook page and get amongst it. Especially if you're, if you're one of the sexy people. Yeah, so Cruzy, don't send us any photos. So someone, someone like Mr. Wars. Well, yeah. Get him in the shirt with the, with the eggplant pants. How good would one of our shirts look with his aubergine pants? Pretty damn good. I mean, Trotters, yeah. don't send us a photo. Yeah, all well, Trotters, is a, he should be repping the hat uh, on his shirt, actually. His uh, wife got him a shirt for Christmas. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, so good job there. For his wife, I mean, you know, Trotters, of course. And yeah, we had to get so especially tailored with a little hole in the back so his fucking piggy tail could stick out. <laughs> exactly. But seriously, um, the fucking shirts are getting a lot, of, lot of good feedback on the shirts, uh, especially. So uh, get one of those. I mean, because quite frankly, you know, you, you rep awesome. one of those shirts, wear it out in public, you're going to get fucked. Pure <laughs> and simple. I mean, it just it has that kind of effect. I'm not even going to put an asterisk on it. I'll fucking guarantee it personally. Meaning I might personally have to do the job. (laughs) (laughs) If it doesn't happen, you'll make sure it does. Exactly. Personally have to take care of things. Exactly, exactly. The things I'll do for the show. I love it. Anyway, that's all we've got time for this week. I'll see you next week. See ya.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.